Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both Snooze Fest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Jody Congdon is the owner of Hip to Heart, a birth and postpartum doula agency in the Boston area. She also happens to be one of my all-time favorite business BFFs. As 2023 comes to a close, Jody and I unpack goal setting for the new year. Jody, welcome back to the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. I always love chatting with you. I always love being here. I think this is this my second time or third time. I can't even remember. It might be. It might be your third. I'm not sure. I think it might be. Um, so I'm so, when you're having fun. So I never remember. Absolutely. So this interview, I think is going to be the final episode that we air for 2023. And as this year comes to a close, I thought it would be fun to do an episode all about goal setting. Yes. I think that this is a really important aspect of business and something that I do personally in my own business each and every year. I'm wondering if you remember what goals you set for yourself for this year for 2023. And if you're willing to share, like, did you hit them? Yes. Yes. So um, I hit the financial goals, which, you know, to be honest, is usually my main goal. Um, not going to lie. That is my, it's not my main goal. I shouldn't say that. It's my my first line goal. Um, and then I kind of, you know, go from there. But 2023 was, I had some weird goals, actually. 2023 for me, I was, go- my goal was to not pay attention to really anything else, but the education piece for me. So I I already had kind of my eye on some masterminds I wanted to join, um, some, you know, summit things I wanted to attend, some people I wanted to work with. So I kind of knew going into the year, even though we did hit our financial goals, we hit our gross financial goals. Um, but my net profit this year, I knew would be a lot lower than usual because I was fully prepared to spend on my own education, on some backend stuff in the business. And so those were kind of my goals. So I checked them all off. Um, and then I had a near stroke when I saw what my net profit was. But you know what? To be honest, I feel a thousand percent comfortable because I didn't expect it to be any higher than it was. Like I always look at like the gross numbers. I always want to know those and those we hit all of those and surpass them. But as you take out the spend, um, there was, there was a little bit, a little bit, little number at the end. So it was a weird year. Those aren't generally my goals are more business based, um, you know, more around the finances and around, you know, growing my team and number of clients and those kind of concrete, you know, kind of left brain things. Um, But it was a year for the right brain for sure. Yeah, when I when I think about goal t- setting for my own business, I also always start with like a financial mm-hmm. line item goal. It's just the easiest. It's the easiest place to start, the easiest goal to set um because it's clear last year what happened and that so it's it's just the easiest. It's the least amount of thought goes into that, I think. Yeah, I agree. And then I would say the other stuff that I work on goal setting wise is more like 
I call them projects. Like yep. they're goals. They're things that I want to achieve in my business, but it's, it, they're harder to define, right? Yep. Like, you know, if something on my list is like getting a greater understanding of Google ads, for example, um, yep. that's something that I'm not necessarily going to have a mastery of in one calendar year, maybe right. 2020. And there's no measurement for that either. Like, the, right. you know, those are your like right brainy things where it's like you're, you can't measure it. It's like kind of like the creative piece or it's kind of like the, like it has less boundaries piece, like it's less defined. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what my year was. My year was undefined, was less defined. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit more about financial goals. Um, okay. Do you sometimes have like a smaller goal that you feel more comfortable saying out loud to like either your spouse or a business coach or somebody like me, but then maybe a bigger goal in your head that like you have a hard time admitting out loud, but it's still your goal. Do you do that? Cause I do. No, I always have something in my head that I never share with anyone. Um, partially because, you know, it's like one of those, like, you know, like a wish and a prayer type of thing where you're like, this would be incredible. But like, realistically, I'm not expecting that. So it's like, yeah, I share like a lot of goals, like, you know, with my husband or like even my friends or my coworkers or whatever. I don't have any coworkers, my colleagues. Um, but those are like the more surface goals. I tend to like my bigger things, like my my owner's intent type of goals. Um, I definitely keep them to myself because you know what? Part of it is they change and I don't need someone being like, oh, well, you said you were going to do this and then you did this or, you know, because, well, that's I have every right to do that. I'm the CEO of my business. Um, but so those ones I keep to myself. But like, you know, financial goals, things that are like super black and white, I don't mind sharing at all. And I think, too, like a lot of people don't share those because not that it's bragging, but people are funny with, you know, numbers and money. But I like to share those because I like to see other doulas really understand that this can be done. I'm not anybody special. Like I didn't start off with anything more than anybody else started off with. Like I started off with a certification and my two hands and that's it. So like this can be done for sure. And in the volume and the numbers that I'm doing it. So that I, I love for people to see that because they're like, oh, like I, I didn't know that you could have your business like this or offer this in your business or reach this financial goal. And yeah, you can, for sure you can. You can do anything you want. I mean, that's the beauty of this. And I say that in a very like ambiguous way, but it's the truth. I mean, not one doula business is the exact same as any other doula business or birth professional business. And, you know, the ones that are the most successful aren't the same either. Everyone does different things. Everyone does it a different way. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, there's, there's like no, there's no glass ceiling in any of this. Yeah, totally agree. The other day, actually, I shared in a random Facebook group, I think somebody was looking for a side hustle, you know, a full-time working mom who is looking to do something on the side of whatever she does. And I shared about my own business. And I think I mentioned in the post that I actually generated a six-figure income year two in my sleep consulting business, which is the truth. Yeah. And somebody else commented and was like, this post is giving very much like MLM vibes or something like that. Like, I think that's what they said to me. I'd be like, and, I work for myself, like with myself. <laughs> yeah. Where, yeah. Where, where's, and, the pyramid? where's the pyramid in that? <laughs> yeah. And, and so I thought that was like super judgy and really weird. And 
Well, no, it's just, it's just an excuse for why you shouldn't be successful, like on your own, like, oh, you must have done this, or you must have done this. It is classic chopping the next woman down. That is, it's classic. I see it. I see it. You know, I see a lot in like nanny and NCS groups and even in doula groups, like no one can believe that someone else is like successful in their own right. Like they did it themselves. They must have, you know, done something in there that was like a little unkosher and, um, so shame on this person who like threw MLM at you because you're successful. Yeah. And I think that like both putting out what, what you have done and what you want to do, like putting that out into the universe, sharing it, talking about it, telling people about it, I think helps you to manifest mm-hmm. the next thing for yourself. I really do truly believe that. And mm-hmm. when you put out there, like, this is what I've done and this is what I want to do. You know, if you're not willing to say those things out loud, it's really hard to live them if you can't even say it. Right. So, well, I think too, you know, like every business should have, you know, what are like, what are your intentions? What are what's your owner's intent here? Like, why are you here? What are you trying to do? Um, and I feel like that that took me a long time to figure out what my intent was, um, and I have a very clear picture of it. And it also, I mean, it, it helps to kind of build out your exit strategy too. If, if, if you have one, if you want one, like, is this what it's going to be forever? Obviously not. You're going to retire. Like, what does that look like for you? I mean, we're not near retirement yet. I mean, I say that, but I mean, retirement, I hope it's at 50 for me. Um, but at retirement, like of what, like uh, my business is so fluid, like where am I really going with it? Um, but I do know what my, my exit strategy is and, and I do have one, it's wishy-washy on like the timeline, but I know what it looks like. Um, and I think people miss that step that what, like they miss the intention piece. They miss kind of making that sentence. Like my intention here is, or as an owner, I intend to whatever the end of the sentence is. Um, so they kind of go on with like less direction than they would if they had that sentence somewhere written down. Yeah. I think that that's exactly right. I see a lot of, especially new entrepreneurs, uh, leading with a lot of hustle and less intention, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like how hard can I work? Not necessarily how purposeful sure. can I be with my work, right? And as we become more seasoned in our businesses, I think we get better at being yeah. intentional about how we run our businesses and what we prioritize and you know, when you and I were chatting offline before we started this conversation, we were talking about, you know, things like self-care, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think in my first year of business, I was setting any sort of goals for myself regarding self-care with regard right. to and my nobody business. is. Nobody, nobody is. Right. Nobody is. But, but that's really important. Like, you know, I think even ju- just now recently in my business, I would say I'm really starting to prioritize that, you know, the Mm -hmm. last couple of family vacations that I've gone on, I've shut down my calendar. I don't take calls on vacation anymore. That's very recently, very recently started blocking off a week at a time for different things. Like not just like the one day where I know I'm going to be flying or like what, you know, like I really was very intentional. Here we go again. Um, about what my week was going to look like. And I mean, in my business, and I know in your business too, stuff pops up and I don't mind being like, you know, give me five, let me just kind of take care of this or text this person or whatever. But there's nothing on my calendar that meets at a certain time, a certain, you know, number of minutes or whatever. 
it gives me freedom to do those, you know, pop up things. But if they don't pop up, then, you know, here we are. So I think that I recently, and I've been in business for a long time, I very recently started feeling like that was a fine thing to do. Um, takes time. And I think too, like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to fix, uh, for lack of a better word, the way we're training, not, not the way we're training doulas, but kind of like what happens after that training? Like, how do we send them off to fly? And it's not just like get as many clients as you can. And I feel like that's the that's the goal for like a lot of new doulas. Like I just want to hustle, 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 hustle and get a lot of clients, get a lot of experience, make a lot of money. And then I, and then I'll figure out kind of what I'm going to do. Um, but it's a weird industry. You're just on this hamster wheel. You're booked four or five, six months out. You never can jump off like it's different than a lot of other industries. So once you get on that hustle, it is very difficult to make a hard stop, take a step back, evaluate, and then kind of reconfigure like how you do business. So if, if you don't have that mindset, like from the get go, it's hard, it's hard to, to get that successfully kind of like built, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I see that actually, you know, as somebody who trains sleep consultants, I see that too. When people come to me, most people who come to me who are interested in becoming sleep consultants, they actually already have nine to five jobs, or some of them are postpartum professionals, doulas, NCSs. Mm -hmm. um, and, and most of them come to me not wanting a full time sleep consulting business, they just want to either use the training to advance their postpartum business, yeah. or maybe they're teachers or occupational therapists or nurses, and they're you know, craving something more meaningful in their careers, or they want to earn some extra money while still keeping their nine to five for health yep. insurance and benefits and whatever, you know, whatever it may be. But it's really interesting, people come to me, and they're like, not trying to build an empire, they're just trying to, they want to dabble, they want to do something that they're passionate about, and that they love. And then once they get into it, all of a sudden, that flip switches where they feel like they have to grow, grow, grow super, super fast. And, yeah. and I think that that mentality can be really um, destructive and, and harmful to the growth of an entrepreneur, because we have to remember, like, why we got into this work in the first place, right? Like, why did you originally want to do this? Originally, you told me, you just wanted to support two to three families a month. And, you know, right. if you earned an extra $1,500 or $2,000 a month, you'd be thrilled. And now all of a sudden you're but like, you don't know, though, when you get into this, you don't know what it feels like to help someone like you don't know that feeling you get when I, and I see your texts all the time from clients like, so you're not prepared for that. And when you get that text, or when you see that client, you just want to do more and more and more and more and more and more. So it's like, yes, we're trying to do like a side thing. But in this type of work, like the reward you're getting, like that sort of energy and gratitude and all of these things, like you, you can't, you can't, it, it's almost like you can't just do like one a little bit here, one a little bit there. Like you've just changed some, like the trajectory of someone's like parenting. Yeah. You know and so that's probably, like, that's a really good point. And I hope, I hope that that's where the drive is coming from because I think you're right. It is really hard to turn that away. It's really, it's like a dopamine hit, right? Mm -hmm. When we, when we really change somebody's lives for the better, it feels really, really good. And I hope that that's where the drive is coming from. Uh, sometimes I worry 
that it's like unrealistic expectations based on goal setting that's not reasonable for wherever you are in your career, right? And so Mm -hmm. I like to make sure that I'm bringing my students and graduates down to earth and helping them to realize that like, Rome wasn't built in a day. And it's okay to set these like, micro goals and just put one foot in front of the other not put the cart before the horse if that's the saying I think it is Um, and and really make sure that we're being really intentional about what we want to get out of our businesses and taking each and every meaningful and responsible step in a purposeful order so that we can actually get there Uh, yeah no for sure for sure Um, which actually leads me to think about what we another thing we were talking about, which was, um, you know, team team building, delegating out work. This that's is another so thing. important. It's so that hard, is, though, right? That's a big piece of this. That is a big piece of this for sure, and it's one that, again, when you're just starting, you don't necessarily think that you're ever going to get to a point where you need to do that. Like when we're talking about things, strengths, weaknesses, all that stuff. What does that look like for you? Like, I know, I know the answer to this question, but tell the audience, what don't you love to do? Like what, when you're thinking in your own business, and I know that you, you definitely, you know, have a team of people that you delegate to, what does that look like specifically for your business? Yeah. So that's actually been really hard for me. I would say that this has been the hardest thing for me to grow as an entrepreneur because relinquishing tasks to other people and relying on other people, trusting them to do as good of a job on a task that I would do on my own is like damn near impossible for me. And, and I have some really smart, I have some really smart, wonderful people working with me for me who, you know, it's taken time to find the right people that I can trust. You know, the easiest thing for me to offload is something that I feel like I'm not good at anyway, right? So like tech stuff, I'm horrible with technology. I'm not great with like email marketing and triggering like my emails to my courses, to this, to that, you know, like all of that, like Like backend stuff. Backend stuff is really complicated for me and I don't pretend to understand it. So for me, I feel confident to offload that. I've sort of always felt comfortable to offload that to other people. But, you know, it's the things that I am good at, but maybe they just aren't the best use of my time as I grow. That's the hardest. That's That's the hardest. You know, it's like writing sleep plans or um, grading assignments inside of CPSM. Like, I have other people that could do that for me, but it's really hard to to turn it over because I just worry that they're going to miss something or that I would have done it differently. And, you know, I I think you have to just be, be very choosy on what you, you know, give to someone else and what you continue to do. And, you know, there's definitely people in my life for like, you know, you can delegate that or you can give that up or like, why do you still do that? Cause it's mine and I love it and I'm good at it. And that's, that's part of, the brand like that's do you know what I'm saying like that's part of like the, like the meat of it um I have lots of other stuff I can delegate but like just like you said you know no one is going to do some things like I will do them they could be they could do them differently and they could do them well but like it's not my style is my style my personality is my personality my face is my face like all those things right so 
I give away the things that don't require any of those things that don't require my face, my personality or like anything. I always say priority, proprietary um, up in my, my head. Yeah. I think you made a really good point. Like I don't like to give up things that are, that feel like they're me. Right. So, you know, inside of my center for pediatric sleep management community, I'm the one that welcomes in new students when they enroll in the course. I'm the one that congratulates them when they pass the course. I'm the one that shares a winning Wednesday thread every week to encourage everybody to share their wins. I could easily have my assistant post those things every single week, but I want it to be me. I want to be present within my community and I want to be the one that welcomes them in. I don't want my assistant welcoming them in. To me, that's not, that doesn't send the right message, right? So even though that's a task that literally anybody could do, I still do it because it's me and it's my brand and it's my personality and it's my nature. I'm never going to give that up. I do it with the agency. Every new client, they're on Zoom with me. They see my face. They get to know my personality. I get to know them. Sometimes there's 20 of those a week and those are each half an hour, 45 minutes. And I only, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very intentional about the way I block my schedule. So there are some days where from 9am to 1.30, like all I am doing is, you know, on Zoom. And then I like, you know, run, grab an Oreo, um, eat it for lunch and then come back, which if we're not talking about self-care at this moment, but um. Because I have other days where I, you know, block off a lot for other things, but anyone can sell postpartum care like any, I mean, and people can do it really well. Right. But I don't know. I just, I I want that initial connection with our clients and, you know, I'm not, I'm not bragging in any way right now, but most people who are chatting with me know something about me, know someone who used us, They're, they didn't Google us, like it's all, you know, referral based or word of mouth. So they already know they want to work with us. Like, I don't have to sell anything to them. I get to know them. And the selling point is the fact that I got to know them and I matched them with the doula who I think is going to be the best fit. Again, could someone else do this? Yes. But like, this is like my pleasure. Like this, I want to do this. I, I enjoy doing this because I stay connected with these people. And then I reach out just to say, hey, and then they remember they have a pregnant friend. Like, so it goes so much further than just the the immediate care that we provide with them. Um, We have three peak clients. We have clients who have, you know, in a pinch had a baby and used us and another agency or, you know, a, a mix of things. And they always come back to us like second baby. They forego the other people. I'm sure the doulas were wonderful, but like our doulas are great, too. But it's their connection with me that brings them back. Like they know they can just shoot a text and say, I had another baby. Like, can you set this up for me? Or like, you know, all the things. Cause I do know all the things I know their likes, their dislikes. Like I, I you know, I, I keep those notes. And so that, that, that's the ease of it. Um, and there's a trust piece there too. And so it's, I, I don't want to give that up. Yeah. I don't blame you. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. And I think, you know, to bring this back home, when we're talking about setting goals, it's not just, financial. It's not just, it's not just like uh, a box that you can check off. Like, yes, I did this. Yes, I did that. That goals are bigger than that, right? Goals. It's more, sometimes it's more um, abstract than that. Sometimes it's like, I have like 
No, I was gonna say I have these like I call them community impact goals. And I think people, you know, kind of mistake that for we do give a lot of we give back charitably, like we do a lot of volunteer work. It, it, and that is community impact as well. But some of the community impact I'm talking about is, you know, the clients we care for. And it's not the number of clients, it's not the revenue it brings in. It's the the impact we make on their early parenting. It's the impact we make that makes them tell their pediatrician and their OB or midwife and their sister-in-law who's pregnant and their coworkers and their boss who, you know, has a large company with other people going on maternity leave and, you know, now maybe wants to have a conversation with me about being, you know, the preferred agency for whatever. Like it reaches so far and it does impact the community in a way that not even meaning to, but they're educating people about birth and postpartum care. Um, they're, you know, talking enough about it to their providers where their providers start talking about it to other patients. Like that's the impact piece. Um, and it's, it's pretty wild just how fast that moves through a community when you, when you do it right and you take care of people, not just like physically in their home, but you like mentally and emotionally and like energetically take care of them, you know? Yeah. Um, and and so maybe that's, that's, that's my maybe, community impact. Maybe that's like the most challenging goal to really hit year after year is as you're growing, like as you're growing that financial number and as you're putting infrastructure into place to support yourself, yeah. you know, a, as you grow to really maintain that person to person connection to really I, like, remain does your heart stay in it as much as it did when you started. And um, yeah, that's not easy. It's not easy. And I think, you know, when it's not in it, that's when you need to pivot somewhere else. You know, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that that's where I guess that's where I am right now in my business is like, figuring out that balance of how do I grow? and still remain front and center yeah. for the people that I support, both my clients who are being coached through sleep training and my students in CPSM who are learning how to be sleep consultants. How do I remain as supportive, as front and center for them? As relevant. And relevant. And but if continue. you think about it, I mean, to be honest, like, um, I can't for the life of me remember his name, but whoever, you know, created the Tesla, like, yeah, I Elon bet, Musk. Yeah. Yes. I bet he used to do like a lot of the, you know, person to person sales. And like, I mean, now like he's up in space somewhere, like literally and figuratively, but like <laughs> company grows, still puts out a good product. People still love it. I mean, I don't know if it's a good product because I don't have Tesla, but um so do you really have to be front and center all the time? Like, is there is there a, a time in your business where you just cannot be? Like, he cannot be shaking people's hand when they buy a Tesla. That would be ridiculous, right? Um, do, do you want to be Tesla? I don't know. But th I mean, that there's, a, there's a lot. There's a lot of thinking. There's a lot of strategizing in, in a business that is going to grow, that is going to be bigger than what you ever thought it was going to be or, or, or what it is right now. I mean, I think we can safely say we both have successful businesses. Um, they both grow year after year. We both actively run them, not in a way that we're actively like all the time, you know, busy doing stuff, but like we're both very relevant in our businesses on a day-to-day -day basis. Like, is that going to change? And if it does change, is it okay? I think we veered off the topic of. Yeah, both. I think so too.
Um, but um, yeah, I think this is you and I like having a peer-to-peer therapy session right now. This right? is you and I like what we do at eight o'clock on like a weeknight when we like you know kind of meet for our little like businessy mastermind. Um, this is the these are the things that we talk about. Yeah. So whether or not this is productive for the audience, I have no idea, but it's productive for you and I. And for that, I'm grateful. (laughs) Well, I think what's productive for us is productive for our audience because they're like, okay, this all makes sense. Like, I feel like I am at a pivotal point or like in five years, I want to be in this pivotal point or, you know, whatever they're thinking. It's anything we hash out, I feel like is beneficial for someone who, you know, has not yet had to hash it out. Well, I, I certainly hope so. And I guess with that, I will wish you a happy new year and an amazing 2024 when when the time comes and on to I don't even want to say like I was gonna say like I don't even want to say like bigger and better things I just want to like bigger and better is not always the right answer like maybe it's being more intentional like maybe I like that word intention so don't use that because that is my word for 2024. Okay, I won't use yours. I'll come up with my own, but don't put me on the spot because I don't have one right now. I just literally- You know what? I think because like you are my um, Baltimore business soul sister, you can use that because I'm going to use you. it too. Um, we can share it. We can share it. And I think, yeah, we, we definitely um, are going to be more intentional in the, in the new year. Yeah. I like the word, the word thrive keeps coming into my mind because I relate that back to my clients a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I'm always talking to my clients about how our work together is going to position them to thrive. Right. And all I I like to not just, you know, you don't want to just survive. You want to thrive and it's two totally different things. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, maybe, maybe that's going to be my word because I like it both for my clients and for myself. Like, you know, as I'm busy, as I'm navigating, growing and trying to be present with my family and all the things mm-hmm. I want to not just be like surviving in my business, but I want to be thriving right, to be in my thriving. business. Just like I want, just like, this is what I coach my clients yeah. through, right? I want them to a place where they're like really feeling like they're doing great. And like, that's how I want to always feel in my business because the whole point of me starting this business was to get myself to a better place, to get my family to a better place. So I want right. that to continue like forever. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, you know, my intention for next year is just to coast and grow. Like I, like I said, I, I spent a lot of money this year on the things that I needed to work on, you know, for myself or the business, whatever. And in 2024, I'm putting all of those into play. Like I'm setting it up on cruise control because that's what I spent this year doing. I set, I spent it setting up the systems and doing all those things. So like I can literally press play and hopefully I didn't F it up and hopefully and watch it thrive. Okay. So intention, <laughs> intention for you thrive for me. Happy new year. Thank you as always for having these conversations with me. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the becoming a sleep consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, It would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode.